Hey, I'm Ken Pettit. And I'm Martin Fraser. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. And Martin, we got some knockout rounds to, to, uh, you know, uh, cover. So this should be kind of fun. Um, How are you, Mr. Florida man? I am, uh, I'm like home alone, but trapped in Florida. So I'm pretty good. I uh, <laughs> explored <laughs> the entire beach and national park. You're like morning. reverse uh, home alone because weren't they going to Florida or somewhere? So instead of being stuck up in wherever, you're like the the opposite. You, like I am Kevin. I'm stuck at home. Um, that would make sense. But I am stuck in Florida. I want to go uh, home. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. But, you know, is the weather at least nice? The weather is fantastic. 75 and sunny. Um, and you know, uh, Friday morning, I'm going to have an absolute blast on vacation watching the first of the quarterfinals. Um, but we got the round of 16. We got to talk about yeah, it what was a fun a round it was. There were some upsets and there's already the dialogue. There's a discourse, Martin, that this might be the best World Cup ever. And again... No. Let's <laughs> okay. Let, can you fucking humor me for one second? <laughs> I don't agree with it, but let me finish. You know what I'm trying to say is I, I, I will say people are already saying it's better than Russia. I mean, I, in terms of upsets and the type of football being played, um, the excitement, uh, the quality feels better. Um, maybe because the shock and all of some of the upsets, but what are, what are your thoughts so far as we head into the quarters? I mean, I, I kind of have the same mentality that I had during the group stages. I, I'm finding this tournament incredibly difficult to get into. Um, and maybe I, it's it's because of my, my inherent biasness coming into the World Cup where I kind of decided beforehand I wasn't going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, the, the football on the pitch, I think, is incredibly entertaining. The results are incredibly entertaining. But it just, to me, it doesn't have the atmosphere. It doesn't have the the connected feelings of a world cup and obviously as we go further and further along in the tournament we're going to see more and more um country-based uh fans coming out and we saw it in the senegal england game the majority of the fans were you know it was almost split in half between england and senegal fans so the atmosphere is coming back but i just can't seem to talk myself into enjoying this and i've talked to a couple other people um my youngest brother, who's also a die-hard soccer uh, fan, who just can't watch it. He, he, it's just not exciting, and it's not when it's supposed to be. And because of all the behind-the-scenes aspects of this World Cup, I, I just can't get into it the way I was able to get into the World Cups as, of the past. But like you said, the soccer that's being played on the on the pitch, it's it's super entertaining. There's we got a great mix of upsets and and complete dominations. Uh, yeah, but- I feel like if you were going to take one thing from this World Cup, at least like uh, like the commentary by Fox has been awful, uh, yeah. which we which we have covered. And I actually sent you that article by Aaron Timms from The Guardian, who wrote a seething, a scathing review of uh, the Fox Sports coverage of Landon Donovan. Uh uh, what's our what's our guys? Um, Stu Holden, Alexi Lawless, Alexi Lawless, Ian Dark, and John Strong. Uh, and Clint it Dem- is Clint Dempsey mm. got got some uh, haymakers, <laughs> some uh, what's it called, some drive bys <laughs> in that. I, it, like, I actually have some quotes here. Do you want me to read some of it? Yes, yes, because this article really uh, it really encapsulated what Kevin and I have been talking about this entire World Cup. Where this is it's it's absolutely wretched and it, it's gotten to the point where it just pisses me off to hear the world cup commentary and it, it makes me feel better knowing huh the lads podcast isn't alone in this we're not against the world on this it's everybody yeah, just, who hates it i just want to say like we mispronounce players names we try to correct them all the time we also drink and we also hang out and we're also fucking idiots and we're totally fine admitting all those things uh and we're also not paid by fox and have to be reminded that alexi Lawless had at one point played in the mls <laughs> um but the article is called fox sports u.s world cup coverage is an unmissable abomination just great just off the bat mwah, just mwah, 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 mwah. Uh, broadcaster has offered up a feast of gaffe, stupidity, and unconquerable on-air awkwardness for U.S. viewers to enjoy. 
A tournament of frenzied emotion, spectacular goals, heroic upsets, and grand displays of athletic daring and skill. The World Cup. Gotta love it. Or if you're watching in the U.S., four weeks of shouting, relentless commercial promotion, disorienting cuts and changes of channels to make way for the college football games, and segments in which Alexi Lalas does pump-up speeches for the U.S. team that no one in the U.S. team will ever listen to, a global exhibition of Clinton Dempsey's ongoing quest to assemble <laughs> vows and consonants into an order that resembles words a month-long celebration of the festival that is landon donovan's personality <laughs> Ooh, the article goes on to just like just totally just shit all over this broadcast from alexi lawless being whatever he's doing um which i think is doing nothing for a lot of people landon donovan being boring as shit clint dempsey i, I don't want to say he's dumb but i want to say he's kind of a himbo like, I don't like some of the analysis, which was pointed out in this was just like, yeah, Brazil has won like five World Cups or whatever. And the guy, Clint Dempsey, being like, wow, you really did your research, which is like the most well-known. <laughs> like It says it on their shirts that they have stars. Count them. Yeah, yeah, I. I don't know. And there's been tons of examples of that, that every time they get a fucking chance to like stroke off the MLS or uh mention usa or in like the changing of equivalencies from like juking to i don't know like where they try to usa or <clears throat> use uh, uh americanize uh american sports size the beautiful game it's just very apparent so i just wanted to give out a shout out to that guy like i, I fucking was just like it was christmas for me like mm, 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 mm. it was just good fucking shit that article yeah, it, it really nailed it, and it, it truly eviscerated the Fox Sports team. Um, and, you know, this is something Kevin and I have been talking about from the absolute beginning of the World Cup. And you would think that there might be some improvement or some at least mild uh, numbness to the constant gaffes that this production team puts out, but it quite genuinely seems to be crescendoing in its absolute oblivious uh, horrific commentating. And I, I I want to say that the worst part about it for me is the actual flow of the commentary. Um, if you are used to the English Premier League uh, week in and week out, and, and even La Liga, which ESPN uh, covers, and even uh, Serie A, the coverage and the commentators kind of flow with the game they allow breaks in in their speech that kind of coincide with the breaks in the in the flow in the game and they let the game speak for themselves for themselves quite a lot and you'll definitely see in the attacking arena these commentators aren't falling over themselves the second they get near the 18 while in this fox broadcasting the second we get anywhere close to an attack or a shot or a cross Ian Dark is almost having an aneurysm. He's so freaking excited. They're and too excited. They are it's, it's way like too excited. Yes. We get, it. it's, we get it. It's the World Cup, but they make every match the Super Bowl. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's the best way I can put it. That every match is built with dumb stats that aren't actually the important yes. stats that matter. Um, and just very very common knowledge that if you are an American soccer fan, you're like, why are you telling like, it is almost like I get it. It This is being exposed to way more people in America, but like, it's like when a movie treats their audience dumb. Like, I feel yes. like I'm watching like, you know, it's the best example. I feel like I'm watching a fucking Michael Bay Transformers movie where the, the plot is explained to me. Like I am a five-year-old every five seconds. Like, I know what's going on. Give me Mad Max Fury Road. Don't tell me. Give me George Miller. Really, I love George Miller. Give me Mad <laughs> Max Fury Road where you treat me like an adult. Treat me like an adult. That's all I'm saying, Fox Sports, because for me, you're making this very, uh, very hard to enjoy. Yeah. And like Kev said, we, we totally understand that there's a whole host of individuals who have not um, been introduced to the World Cup or soccer in general. And I hope and, they're and, being exposed because of this. Yes, but I, I'm absolutely. sad it's Fox. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the kicker where this coverage, this commentate, these commentators aren't even do a, doing a justice to the newcomers they're trying to target. This coverage for me is going to turn more people off 
uh, to tune into soccer, the Premier League, the World Cup, all these international competitions, more so than it is going to interest people. Because from the outside looking in, it just looks cringy. Kevin and I have talked yes. about this a lot. Uh, we've called it excited. We've called it cringy. We've called it bad. But I, I think that and from an outsider, a newcomer, just getting into soccer, this does not do them any favors. It doesn't really teach them the important stats or anything regarding tactics, for fuck's sakes. There hasn't been a, a single second spent on the tactical uh, adjustments and acumen of any team in the World Cup. Um, and, and then you compare it to NBC Sports Super Sunday, where they genuinely have a breakdown and say Pep Guardiola's tactics and his changes in tactics after halftime, which allowed him to go out and score five more goals. So it's it's quite genuinely a missed opportunity for me. And I I want to um, finish off my thought with, I remember texting Kev after the USA um, got knocked out by the Netherlands. And I said, well, this is 50% of their broadcast coverage gone now. They can't talk about the USA anymore. So what the hell are they going to talk about? And it's just been shoved with, like Kev said, absolute nonsensical stats that have no context or consideration to the ongoing game. And it's just, for me, it's shambolic, the coverage of it. Right, yeah. Like, during the France game, they were talking about Mbappe. Like, he's arrived at the world stage, and and someone always knows him. And, like, it was like, dude, have you not been paying attention to Mbappe since the last World Cup? Like, (laughs) I... I, I, it is just awestrucking, really uh, bewildering. I am dumbfounded. I will use all of these great, great adjectives to describe how I am currently feeling, uh, or verbs, I guess, because I am dumbfounded, right? Uh, adverb. Adverb. Thank you. Yes. Um, I remember grammar school. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, man, the Mbappe one is just so weird. It's like he's already arrived. It's like, yeah, dude, like it's fucking Mbappe. Like, yeah, we've we've known about him for a while. The, he's yeah, li- we, we he, know him. He's literally linked to Real Madrid every week. Yeah, he, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Um, it's not like it was at the last World Cup where it was like his like you know coming out party. Like he that was you know four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you missed a lot. He went to a Champions League final, guys. He, 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 everybody knows about Mbappe. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, Messi and Neymar play with him now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't. Well, Neymar's been there a while, but Messi, you know, and like Sergio Ramos, and uh, anyway, um, let's let's just get into the actual knockout rounds. Um, we will start with USA versus Netherlands, a three-one affair. Um, this was tough. This was tough as a as a U.S. men's national team fan for this game, Martin. Um, I'm officially off. I'm back on England. Um, I am my man. I'm flip flop. It's I'm flip flopped back. Uh, I've thrown out my patriotism. It's great. And uh, yeah, uh, to sum this up, uh, the Dutch loved us having the ball because we could do fuck all with it. Um, and us not having a nine or a convincing attack. Um, which again, like. That was one of the fucking take. I don't mean to get back into the Fox Sports coverage after the game. Like, you know, it's great to see that we finally figured out what we want to do up front and like going forward and attacking. And I was like, did you watch the fucking match? Like, that was our biggest we, problem. Like the lack of a number nine, the emptiness of this, the pool, the swimming pool that we have at number nine is very apparent. Um, and. Uh, like starting Ferreira uh, over Josh Sargent and like the, the weird changes with this lineup right before the start. Um, I hated uh, we just had barely any chance and, and the Dutch, we played right into their hands. We just uh, soaked up ton of possession, did absolutely nothing with it, had horrible crosses, horrible, pa- like decent passing, I guess, but no finishing whatsoever. Um. I mean, it it just was just the counterattack show, which, you know, the Dutch executed executed perfectly. They came in, which seemed like a well thought out plan. You know what I mean? And just uh, I just it, it was a, it was a hard watch for the USA. But, you know, I am, you know, glad they got out of group stages. Um, but a realistic I mean, USA fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I went into this match assuming we we're going to lose. I had that like you know, uh, miracle on ice kind of hope, but not that, not that much, you know what I mean? Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of was pretty much, uh, if you were not a USA fan, exactly how you thought it'd play out. Yeah, and I, I genuinely think that, you know, this tournament, uh, the United States national team did good. Um, and it's it's honest, honest to God, um, probably the best football that I've seen the United States play um, in, in their history of, of being in these competitions. However, it was only a matter of time before a result like this happened. It, it was waiting. It was destined to happen. Um, the Iran and Wales game was pretty, pretty awful. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people were celebrating the draws um, as, as victories um, and, and obviously the victory over Iran as, as a W. But for the most part of the game, um, it was almost the exact same thing that happened against Netherlands. You guys held the ball, but could not do anything with the ball at any given point. Um, and the ability to finish when the ball is in dangerous uh, areas is absolutely non-existent. So you have so many chances created by, you know, stellar individual players, whether it's Pulisic, Adams, uh, Aronson, what have you, Sargent. Um, but the goal just never happens. Even the goal against the Netherlands, it almost looked like an accident by Haji Wright. Um, and on top of that... The defending think, at the back. I mean, leaving Dumfries that open. I mean, yeah, a lot of it was yeah. just like horrible, horrible defensive execution, bad communication at the back. And to be honest, shout out Matt Turner. Matt Turner had a hell of a game and it could have mm-hmm. been a lot. It could have been easily like four, maybe even five, one because Matt Turner, like, you'd be like, oh, he lit up three goals. It's like, yeah, well, watch the fucking match. Like, yeah. I understand yeah. that. Like he like did everything he could with a very disorganized back line and like bringing back Zimmerman. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like after uh, Vickers just had a great, I don't know. It's just, it, it was the lineup was just kind of baffling to me going into that match. Yeah. And, and I think this is more on Greg um, than these individual players like Kevin and I have both, both talked about. I think this team is good on an individual level. And both of us have had our complaints with Greg Berhalter, but my biggest thing um, about uh, this Berhalter world cup is he didn't change his tactics once. After the first goal, um, the Netherlands scored. The second goal was the exact same thing. Exactly the same things. And the tactics were not changed once. Even going back to the uh, USA versus Iran, USA versus Wales, USA versus England, the tactics were the same in every single one of those matches. And, you know, me and you, we're not surprised when a, a actual experienced team recognizes it and absolutely exploits them. And that's what the Dutch did. They have no problem allowing the United States to fuck around with the ball for probably 65 minutes of, of the 90 minutes because there's no threat. And they know that they can be absolutely clinical with their chances. And, and you know, this is, was an absolutely deserving win for the Netherlands. I'm super stoked for Netherlands versus yeah, Argentina. I mean- I, I think Dumfries did phenomenal. I mean, he had a great game. Depay, Gapko didn't score anything like that. But, you know, I think him, just his speed was just, like, disgusting. That kid is so fucking fast. Um, Daily Blind, your boy. Just want to give a shout out to Daily Blind. Um, Always been a lover. Never you, a hater. You have. You've never gone off the Daily Blind train. I love that. <laughs> him um, and Andrew Herrera. Stick with yeah. me. Yeah. So I'm very excited. We'll get to the Argentina-Dutch game. But uh, speaking of Argentina, uh, Argentina versus Aussie, 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 oi, 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 the, the Socceroos, as they like to be called. Never mind. Um, I think they do call it, it uh, soccer in Australia because I saw a lot of tweets mm-hmm. saying, like, now soccer is officially dead at the World Cup now that USA and Australia are out. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of that, um, I uh, I missed this game. Um, no, oh, okay. I, I – uh, sorry. I caught some gotta of it. Get, I, I got to get my mind straight. I, I'm, I'm fucking smoking a weed pen and like I feel fine. But then sometimes <laughs> I forget my own name. Um, anyway, um, one thing uh, I did see after the United States uh, game, I always after I watch the games, it's a horrible habit. I do. I always watch the replays, too, um, mm-hmm. just because maybe I miss something. Um, so I, I watched the replay and the first comment on the Fox Soccer uh, channel page, YouTube page was by Fox Soccer channel. And that's said, by the way, it's still called soccer. Huffing face emoji. Huffing oh, my face God. Emoji. They're still doing it. They're yeah. still doing and this I, fucking I, bit. I almost put my fist through my phone. Like that almost was the straw that broke uh, the psychopath's back. 
Also, I just want to do a quick shout. I was up in Boston to watch the USA match, and that's not why I went all the way up to Boston. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> I got a flat tire and had to get four new tires. I'm not getting into this whole spiel um, about how I dropped a grand this past weekend, um, but cars are expensive. That's all I'll say, um, as Martin would attest. Um, but I was visiting my British friend, Seb, who... Uh, uh, I studied abroad with, he lived in my house or whatever. And, you know, he, he, even him talking about like Kev mate, they talk about this soccer thing quite a bit, like to call it that, like they do know it's football, right? I'm like, no, they know like these guys have played internationally it's just awkward. <sighs> yeah. And it's just, he's just, he's just like, yeah. And there's so many commercial, I don't know. I don't, I don't have to go into his old critique of everything about like why he didn't like the Fox broadcast and how he's probably missing good old Keen and Neville and everybody. But, um, yeah, man, um, this Argentina-Australia match uh, was another clear indication that Lionel Messi is still very good at soccer. He is still very, very good. It was pretty much him versus Australia because there was plenty of chances that he created, not only through dribbling, but through passing, like the one to Martinez, which he laid off on a silver platter right to him. Just he skies over the net. Um it's my biggest takeaway is that if they're going to beat the Dutch, it will have to be another messy show. Not to say that they don't have talent like McAllister and Alvarez and a couple other forwards and whatnot, but it still doesn't feel like there's enough where like for Portugal, like Portugal. And I'm not saying that like the Portugal squad is leaps and bounds better than Argentina. I'm just saying that like, uh, I mean, Ronaldo didn't even start for the past match. You know what I mean? Where it doesn't have to be heavily reliant on Ronaldo. Like it has been the past 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I made the comment uh, last time um, that we podcasted that I, I quite genuinely had no problems with the 2018 nor the 2014 um, Argentina squad. I thought they were excellent in their own right. Um, and the critique that Messi doesn't have any international teammates to help him out, I thought was pretty well disproven after the group stages. Um, I thought that Argentina right. as, as a squad did. No, they're very, absolutely- very good. Yeah, did absolutely brilliantly. And this was, I believe, Lionel Messi's first knockout uh, round goal ever, which is absolutely shocking to me. Still is shocking to me. A weird stat. Um, but this was the Messi train. And, you know, I've seen, we'll get to the um, Argentina-Netherlands game, but I have seen comments from Dutch defenders recognizing that the this entire squad is dangerous, not just Messi. And, and so it's not the Messi show that, he is known for anymore. And I think this squad really compliments him. Well, I really love the way, uh, uh, Raul DePaul plays on that right mid. I, I think he's an excellent player and the enforcer, uh, Macau- baby, the enforcer, mm-hmm. you touch Messi, you're in the fucking ground. And, um, I gotta say Alexis, uh, McAllister, dude, what a fucking breakout season he's having both for club and country. He looks great. And I think that and Alvarez, got- I mean, like it mm-hmm. it's, must must be nice, Man City, having uh, a striker that good just <laughs> sitting on the just bench, chilling, just chilling, you know, resting himself for the or World like Cup. Holland seeing the other Man City striker having so much fun at the World Cup sitting oh. at home, probably so so devastated. Erling Holland getting paid probably five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> a week <laughs> to to just uh, train sometimes and relax. Shoot. Well, Manchester United is busy losing to Cadiz four two. Um, during this World Cup, so maybe, maybe uh, fucking Erling. I saw Holland. Arsenal was playing and they were winning three nil, but because of the wackiness of the tournament they were in, they still had to go to a penalty shootout. Even though, what? Even what though the they were fuck up tournament, three. are you guys? In? What I, the hell? I I don't know. My my Arsenal buddy Neil, uh, who will be on the pod later. Where I'm doing a Discord pod tonight, so this will probably be a two parter. Um, they got three Ooh, hours. That Basil hated. Oh, Basil Hayden rocks. That's probably one oh. of my favorites. Um, I, I've grown into it. I'm a Jim Bean man through and through, and this is like a nicer Jim Bean. I, I'm more of an Irish whiskey guy, but um, I in, like my in Kentucky. Whiskey, Kentucky, Kentucky whiskey. Yeah, like Knob Creek or uh, Buffalo Trace. Oh, that's some good stuff. Mm, that is good. Gentleman's Jack, which is good, but it's it's a little too sweet. Jack is way too sweet for me. Oh, like the Jack uh, Honey. Uh, I, I can't. Do I, I can do. Flavors. I can do like a shot at that. But after that, I'm just like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, I, I need. I I drink the same thing every single time I drink. I just drink whiskey and water. That's it. 
and quite a chaser <laughs> no 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 it's together you you just put a splash of whiskey oh. on top of your water and it takes out the bite of the whiskey and you can just sip it like it's juice oh and that's, so that's real, what i end up doing that's some real alcoholic shit that's <laughs> real <laughs> just a splash though you don't Damn. you don't need much you don't i might the, i up. might the bleep that all out because all these people are like <laughs> man how can i upgrade my alcoholism and you them just the a cheat, splash of water just give them the cheat code okay yeah and it protects you against a hangover because you're hydrating all night. Bingo, See, bingo. I'm gonna have to bleep this all out because <laughs> like you like uh, broke the matrix. Um, okay. Anything else on Ar- Argentina, Australia? I think it was just uh, maybe it was just like a poor performance by like some of the other players, but it was this was a Lionel Messi esque where he hasn't really had. He's been very good mm-hmm. this this tournament, but it was a friendly reminder to be like, oh right, it's Lionel Messi. He reminded us like why. Uh, he is the focal point of this team. Yeah, I, I just wanted to um, real quickly just shout out Australia for um, the effort that they've put into this World Cup and and their absolutely stunning result for the Socceroos. Um, I talked about Suter last uh, podcast and how he was that classic center back. Um, I, I stand by that, and I bet you he's going to go to a uh, pretty damn big club. I think he. I think he plays in the championship. I'm looking it up now. I think he plays for uh, Sunderland, actually. But we, I cannot remember Sunderland till we die. Uh, no, he plays for Stoke, the Potters. Um, but oh. I get uh, Stoke has slapped a 25 million price tag on him. So I, I bet you he's going to go in the transfer window to someone. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, that's that's happening. You know, anytime people get that World Cup tax. You know what it is. It's uh, nice. All right. Let's go to France versus Poland. Um, Killian Mbappe, also good at soccer. Um, he's not- he's on the world stage now. He's yeah. announced himself. Thanks, Fox. Uh, he's finally. I've never heard of Killian <laughs> Mbappe until this game. Wow. Um, yeah. Mbappe, very good. Assisting Olivier Giroud, who is now the all-time French goal scorer. Uh, he has surpassed Thierry Henry TT. Uh, that hurts. That's weird. It's a weird stat. It's weird because I'm the biggest Giroud fan. I have an Arsenal Giroud, uh, Jersey. I had very fond memories when he was at Arsenal. Also not fond memories when he couldn't score a goal after Christmas. Uh, Anyway. Um, I, Great. Good for him. He is having such a renaissance in his later years as a player. Uh, what he did at Chelsea, now AC Milan. Like, what a, if you would have told me like five years ago, like I would have said after Arsenal, Giroud would have been kind of done. You know what I mean? Like, I, not done, but I wouldn't still see him at this high level at these high clubs and also being a, an amazing French international and the irony that he didn't score a goal at the 2018 World Cup. Um, yeah, that's I, that's just my little Giroud feel. I, I know the meme is like when we look back on his stats and accomplishments in years, people are going to think he's one of the greatest footballers ever, and then we're <laughs> going to come in and be like, no, 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 he was good. Like he was, it was like, good. It was okay. He was, but, he was like a, yeah. a B, a B player. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he, aged he, very well. He's very consistent, and he's never been bad. Let's put it that way. Um, yes, he's I, never I been great. Want, he's never been great. But he's never been bad. So uh Drew's nice even keel. And he's you can hot. trust Drew. He's, he's goddamn. Ooh, him and the Moroccan coach. God, I'd have some cute babies with them if that was I, sexually possible. Yes, we well, we it's 2022, Mark. We can make a lot That's happen. That's true. I could put a uterus in this old thing. Yeah, let's uh, make it happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're dead. Um, um anyway, I did want to fucking shout out the star um that has been introduced to the world stage. That is Kylian Mbappe. Obviously, pretty good. So Two goals. Um, it's going to be incredibly tough to, you know, have a defender that can truly stop him in any sense of the word. Word, but I did think Matty Cash, um, Poland did a pretty damn good job against uh, Mbappe, keeping him somewhat quiet. And I say that even though he scored two goals, but and an um, assist, yeah, and an assist. But I, I did think uh, Matty Cash did well. I think uh, Chesney did fantastic for the hand that he was dealt. He was being peppered the whole time. Um, and so Poland, again, Robert Lewandowski got on the score sheet um, in the dying embers of the game for a, a uh, worthless goal. But this France squad has only gotten better in the World Cup. Obviously, they lost their last uh, um, group stage game, but let's be honest, they played their second team out there. So I, I just I, I think that England versus France is going to be an incredibly tough game. 
but I can see this French team going all the way again. Uh, Mbappe's going to have like three World Cups, isn't he? I dude, he might have two by the time he's twenty four, which is fucking nuts, though. Yeah, two like three weeks from now or two weeks <laughs> from now, we could be like, oh, Mbappe. Like, what if he just like everyone's going to shit on him? at staying at PSG. Yes. But like, yes. if he just keeps winning World Cups, that shuts up a lot of motherfuckers. Like, I'm not going to be, I mean, we're still going to talk shit because we always talk shit. Martin, but he'll be like, yeah, well, I have two World Cups. Rings, baby. He's going to be the Tom Brady just showing off his But, but, uh, but it's even more crazy because it's every four fucking years. Yeah. Like, and, Mbappe, and he's like, the star of it. Like, it, he's not like skating by. He's not. He was a star of it four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's like, well and truly, the reason one of the reasons France is, is uh, has one and might win another one. So sky's the limit. And I, I swear, if if he leaves and if he goes to a real club in a real league, that boy's legacy is going to be untouchable. Um, and and we always say that nobody can come close to uh, Ronaldo and and Messi. But if he goes to a real league and and has similar success in in said league. Then we have a conversation in yeah. 10 years' time. When he starts stacking Champions League, how Messi and Ronaldo did, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then, then we have like, a conversation. <laughs> coming up, is Mbappe in the GOAT conversation? <laughs> were we wrong all those years ago? Messi and Ronaldo, uh, were we fooled by that? I'm just trying to think of like the ESPN. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, the coming up segment. Um, yeah, dude. Um and he's already at like what is it? He's at he's a goal uh, World Cup leading stat leader at five goals, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I think he's already at eight. I think it was the stat he passed uh, Pele, right in World Cup uh, goals before the age of like twenty three or whatever. Yeah, or at, at the age we were of twenty three. Yeah, we were talking about this. There's so many stats the being broken <laughs> at this fucking World Cup that I can't keep up with it, and apparently Fox Sports can't either. Um, <laughs> yeah, only difference is we don't get paid. So uh, looking at you, Fox Sports. Um, yeah, not much else on this game. Lindowski got a goal, consolation goal, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also him. Giroud scored another like amazing fucking unreal goal that got disallowed. The guy scores amazing goals. He does. That scorpion kick might be the best goal that I've seen live in a long time. Um, okay, let's go on to England versus Senegal. Um, I really like this England squad, man. This is, I think, the best they've ever looked. I'm being completely honest. Uh, the I think Jude Bellingham has really unlocked this squad. Um, shout out to Birmingham City for being uh, on the forefront of retiring his jersey. <laughs> um, you doubted us. You mocked us. But um, <laughs> they were uh, bought in early like crypto and are completely right. Uh, unless, you know, Jude Bellingham breaks his leg and that's what actually is going on with crypto. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, Hendo with a great goal. Harry Kane, Saka on the board as well. Everybody's scoring in this World Cup. Um, and uh, Senegal really didn't have any answers for England. I, I really don't know what to say, but this squad looks deadly. Foden starting has been the change. I think they've also really needed to really unlock a lot of these players, but it is your club, your, your club, your international team. <laughs> what are you, what are you making of this English squad? Are you still worried about the Gareth Southgate factor? And, or is, is, should you, is, is there a Gareth Southgate factor? I mean, he's gone to a Euros final. He made the semifinal four years ago. I mean, yeah. the guy get the guy gets a lot of shit and he plays some boring football. We're all worried that he's going to play a back five against France, but what are your thoughts about just this match? I mean, I think that exactly what you just said hits my thoughts on the Gareth Southgate debacle. Um, And I've said it before in in previous podcasts, there has not been a more successful modern manager for England. And for the amount of flack that he does receive from the media, he does do an excellent job of both shielding his players from this flack and accepting responsibility over his players. So um yeah, while he's boring as shit, and yeah, while he might crash out of the Nations League, who fucking cares when he is the most successful uh, coach in England's modern-day history? Um, jumping down to the game itself, I, I think that this was kind of a picture-perfect uh, game for England. There wasn't a... Other than two uh, shots in the first 20 minutes by Senegal, there wasn't a moment um, that I really feared Senegal could play themselves into the game. Jordan Pickford 
with a strong left arm to deny that early shot by Dia. Um, and then England just controlled the game for the rest. Uh, like you said, this Bellingham kid, fucking Birmingham City knew something back then. Uh, this kid is special. Um, and, you know, you might not like the way uh, England plays. You might not like the squad selection. I personally don't. Um, but results speak for themselves. Uh, like I alluded to, the next game for England is going to be a huge test for them. But this was a great game uh, for them to really hit their stride on their way to the quarterfinals. It, yep, both England and France hitting massive momentum. I did want to give a quick um, news update about the England squad. Uh, Raheem Sterling was not with the team during the match, and that was because his house was broken into by armed robbers uh, over the weekend during the match, and had to return home because his. Uh, I believe wife or girlfriend with his daughter uh, were in the home present while that happened. That's super fucked up. Obviously, it must have been planned because they knew he was at the Qatar World Cup and really, really awful shit, especially because his family was there when it happened. So just want to give like a thoughts and prayers. Hope Raz is doing well. We give Raz a lot of shit on the field, but, you know, these are all still human beings and people with like families and loved ones. And Raz, I'm sure, is just a, a great dude. We just, you know, make fun of how he runs with the ball sometimes and stuff like that. So, you know, just want to give a quick shout out to him. Hope everything's OK. Yeah. And, and final note, um, huge shout out to Senegal for representing um, Africa in the uh, in the round of 16. We got one more African country moving on to the quarters. Um, but Senegal uh, can't help but fall in love with the team, the coach, their story. The players gutted for Sadio Mane not to represent um, in this World Cup. They definitely did their nation proud. Um, but on to the next Japan versus Croatia, a snoozer of a 90 minutes. But it got exciting in the penalty kicks. Yeah, Japan, I guess, did not practice uh, <laughs> penalties at all. That was tough to watch. I got to say, my biggest takeaway from this World Cup is there is no intensity with penalties. None. Whatsoever. None. Just, everyone's very lackadaisical. It's an afterthought. Oh, up, yeah. Doing a weird delay skip. And I hate the skip penalties so much or the or the fake. The super and then, slow walk. Yeah. Or the fake and then shoot, which I think should be illegal. We can't be I thought doing it that. was. I thought it was. I, I guess not. I guess anyone just does whatever. Also, does no one give a shit? Like, no one's running up and fucking trying to smack the shit out of the ball anymore. But uh-uh. yeah, uh, I really have no takeaways from the Japan Croatia game besides um, the penalty shoot. Japan was just fucking awful on penalties. And it sucks because uh, it was a tough day for, you know, Asian countries on Monday. Yeah. And speaking of fucking sisters, uh, Neymar played uh, for Brazil against South Korea. Um, and Brazil just, I, I oh, 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 oh I, my God. Uh, yeah. So Brazil totally shit on South Korea. I just have one more note, uh, shout out Croatia who we all thought like, because they made the world cup final last time and that they would just probably fall out in the group stages early on in the knockout. So shout out Croatia. I mean, Croatia still has a very, very good squad. Um, and it was another one where they, they're kind of not a surprise because they did make the world cup final in 2018. I just want to give them a quick shout to be like, Hey, they're still doing their thing. They were like, hey, hey, you guys forgot about us. We're still moving on, no matter how not great we look, but we're resistant or resilient. That's that. I just want to do a quick shout on that. We can move on to Brazil, South Korea. Yeah, Brazil fucking really, 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 really showing us um, why they are a favorite to win this uh, uh, tournament. Um, And I think that every single one of these Brazilian players have upped their level of play for this tournament. Um, Rickarlson, I've seen him play with so much confidence. R9? Zaz. Holy crap. Uh, his goal in the 29th minute um, was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, the fucking uh, absolute tiki-taka of uh, that goal was beautiful. Fucking Neymar getting on the score sheet with a penalty. But holy shit, this Brazilian squad from front to back is unbelievably dangerous and unbelievably stacked. I mean, you've got old-ass man Thiago Silva still running shit both class. for club and country. Just class. And I, I want to give a huge shout-out to Casemiro for doing Casemiro things, being a scary-ass motherfucker in the Ederson midfield. Ederson also mm-hmm. had a – or not Ederson. Allison. Uh, Allison. Allison. 
Allison had a hell of a game, had a great fucking yeah, full, yeah. full body save. It's just crazy because most of the time when you watch Allison, like kind of bored in the back, but he reminds you once in a while, like, oh, yeah, brother, I am a fucking great goalkeeper because his passing is so good and distribution. You kind of think about the shot stopping and his shot stopping is also great. He's very, very good. I mean, like when Liverpool won the league just two years ago, we were all like he, he was probably the best goalkeeper in the world. He was phenomenal, like on that squad. And like he was obviously benefited by Virgil van Dyke, but I think they both helped each other. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no stopping this Brazil attack. Like, yeah, I, it is. And it's just the fact that they can bring like Martinelli and Anthony and all these other fucking heavy hitters off the off the bench is just kind of ridiculous. But, you know, it was nice for South Korea to get a consolation goal in the 76 minute. This easily could have been like six one. If it wasn't for some great defending and saves. But I mean, Brazil just kind of walked the park with South Korea. Yeah, this could have gotten ugly, and and I mean, got to feel bad for Huming Sun and and Poe. Um, they really did put up a great fight in the group stages. They put up a fight against Brazil, but this Brazil squad was too oh. good and too strong. Well, thoughts on the the dancing? That was a topic that came out of this because they went and danced to the sideline. Roy, old man Roy Keane, getting all yelling at the sky, mad about it, saying it's disrespectful, whatever. And I don't know, I. I honestly don't care about the discourse. I'm like, let players celebrate whatever Agreed. he's saying. I, I I don't give a fuck about it, but it was a topic of discussion. So I just wanted to uh, bring it up. Yeah, I, I could care fucking less. We got more bigger things to fry than uh, Brazil dancing after scoring amazing fucking goals. Oh, Brazil, a, a country known for dancing. Yeah. Uh, oh, you mean this? They're called Yogo Bonito. soccer yeah. players. Uh-huh. Weird. They're dancing in celebration. I've never seen that before. Color me shocked. Okay, let's move on to probably the biggest upset of the tournament because it actually had ramifications. A team is gone <laughs> from this tournament. Yes. Um, Morocco versus Spain, which again, snooze fest uh, up to the penalties and Spain absolutely fucked it. And I got to say, uh, talk about class from Morocco, especially that fucking chip uh by um who was it uh a guard no 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 it was who did the chip from morocco that was really sick um looking at was it armorbot or buffal was it buffal uh oh no wasn't it hikimi it might have been i i can't remember you put me on the spot now oh man i had it i fucking had it god damn it Anyway, that chip was really sick. My apologies. I think it was Hakimi who did the chip. Um, but yeah, shout out uh, Morocco making it to the quarterfinals, representing Africa like that and putting the pain into Spain like that. I don't, I don't know. I just think the irony of Luis Enrique's squad. Also, rest in peace, Luis Enrique, uh, no longer the manager of Spain. Yeah. Um, had his squad practice a thousand penalties before coming to the World Cup. Um, <laughs> That's all the commentators could talk about in the second half of extra time. And the second they started talking about that, I, they I put knew in the they jinx. were losing. Yeah, I knew I knew they they uh, cursed that game. Um, but yeah, I, I think this uh, Tiki Taka of Spain where they just possess the ever-living shit out of you and hope to catch you when you're snoozing, um, it obviously did not work for them. And I missed the mark 100% on this. I thought Spain was going to go super far in this tournament um and i was completely wrong uh luis enrique obviously out and i think this is the end of air end of the era of tiki taka in spanish football you remember back before luis enrique was the coach of uh spain he was the coach of barcelona um final uh trophy was in uh 2017 or 2018 and they have not won since spain has not won a major tournament since 2010 um, and I think this is the end of the era for Tiki Taka, both getting embarrassed at, at, at the end of the game because they can't make that crucial final moment, just like the United States. They can't put the header on the ball. Um, and I did not see this coming. Like I said, I thought Spain was going to go super far, but a huge shout out to Morocco. But I mean, there's a lot of promise. Pedri and Gavi were phenomenal. And it was Hakimi, mm-hmm. by the way, with the chip for Morocco. I, I just double checked. I thought it was him, but I wasn't sure. Um, and there's a lot of promise. Like this is definitely Busquets' final 
uh, World Cup. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, looked his age, like duh, like I don't know what else anyone expected. And you know, you had some glimpses from uh, Ferran Torres and uh, Morata was in there. I don't know how much longer he's going to be in this squad, but you know, because um, it's Morata, he's just you know used for money <laughs> ever laundering. Presence. Yeah, <laughs> he's ever used present. by money laundering by clubs. Um, <laughs> Um, but, some fun stats about uh, the result of this game. Um, this is uh, the third time in the last uh, four games in the round of 16 at a World Cup um, that Spain has lost uh, and been eliminated at, at the round of 16. Um, they lost in penalties in the uh, two previous years. They lost against Russia in 2018. Obviously, they lost against Morocco in 2022. And Morocco becomes the first African nation to win a penalty shootout at a World Cup, and just a second one, um, in a second one contested by an African side ever. Uh, they are also the fourth African side to ever reach a quarterfinal of the World Cup. So, fucking huge shout out to Morocco. Um, I thought they impressed us a lot in the Euros um, last iteration, and they are continuing that upward climb. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's great for them because they were supposed to host this World Cup and were jinxed mm. by jinxed by Qatar. So kind of like uh some cool themes there, I suppose, if you're looking <laughs> if you're if you're looking into that. Um okay, that was our knockout round recap. I guess we can do our quarterfinals. Uh yeah, let's do prediction. rapid fire. Croatia, Brazil. Let's do three, two, one. You ready? All right, All right. you ready? Croatia, Brazil. Three. Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) I'm trying to remember that Creed song. Okay. Croatia, Brazil. Three, two, one. Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. All right. Samba dancers. They're going to run it. They're going to. Croatia. I want to give a great shout out to Croatia. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I even had them coming out of the group stage. because I thought it would be like a hangover from the last World Cup. A lot of their players have gotten a lot older. Uh, They've shown themselves to be resilient, but there's no stopping. This Croatia side is not stopping this Brazilian side. No, Uh, and their best hope is to sit 11 behind the uh, ball and go for a, a penalty shootout, which they excelled at at the last World Cup, and they won their last penalty shootout, so that's their best bet, but I mean, I'm taking the Samba Kings all day, every day. Yeah, Brazil gets at least two goals. It's over. I don't see Croatia scoring two goals on this Brazilian side. No, me neither. Me neither. All right, jump into the game in the afternoon tomorrow. Netherlands versus Argentina. Three, two, one. Dutch Argentina. Army. Ah, uh, dude, I know. This one is a real pick I think. I haven't, looked, I haven't looked at the odds, and if you said if you gave me an argument for the Dutch... I'd probably say it's very smart and I'd probably say you have some good points, but I can also see the Argentina side where who has the best player on the pitch, Argentina, who has the best chemistry, probably the Dutch, but Argentina, are they far off in terms of squad to squad? Probably the Dutch squad probably has some bigger names combined than the Argentinian squad. Both these teams have been really hitting their stride. I think, the Dutch a little bit more than Argentina this tournament, but not by much. So I think it's a real it's a real pick 'em. But I I'm I'm signal Messi maybe signal Messi because yeah, I want to see I want to see Brazil play Argentina too. Truth, yeah, I think this is a a pick 'em game. Like Kev said, I think that the Dutch are a little bit better drilled. They know how to win games, and they are very good at absorbing pressure and using the counterattack to absolutely dismantle uh, opponents. And so that's why I'm, I'm picking the Dutch over Argentina because I, I'm expecting Argentina to be more on the front foot trying to press for a goal and the Netherlands trying to, to attack on the counterattack. And I'm, I'm like we said, it's a pick em, also, so I'm going what- Dutchies. What redemption for Louis Van Gaal, a laughing stock at, Ma- at Manchester United? Uh, Still is was, a laughing stock. He's no, no. I think this <laughs> tournament, this tournament yeah. has done a, done a lot for him, and um, he had a really funny interview. Um, I'm trying to find it real quick. He had a really funny quote, but I mean, from laughing stock to being falling over from the touch from the touch yes. side, um, and having some of the worst. Uh, sideways passing football I've ever watched in my life. Um, here, I thought you, wanna... you knew. I am so sorry. I thought you knew. Um, so leading, <laughs> are you good? Yeah, Wit just uh, took a sip of 
my Basil Hayden's and she thought it was uh, like green coffee. tea. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Louis van Gaal in uh, prior to this match uh, is talking about uh, playing Argentina. Uh, someone asked him about Di Maria and says, Di Maria called me the worst manager he has ever had. He's one of the few players with this opinion. I'm really sorry about this. And I find it sad. He said this. Memphis had to deal with it too at Manchester, and now we kiss each other on the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He's a weird dude. Dude, that's fucking funny. That's really funny. I'd love to get him on a podcast. (laughs) He seems like he'd be like just shooting the shit. Yeah, all the reports that I've read about him, like they do say that he's a really fucking down to earth guy. He's he's oddly funny and and shit so um never got that at united i never got that that. never never fucking picked up on that but yeah i I, i'm i'm just barely giving the edge to uh the dutchies over argentina but absolutely recognize the uh this is gonna be a fun ass match um what's not gonna be as fun is gonna be morocco versus portugal um portugal i think is gonna run them kev oh right three two one portugal Portugal. but (laughs) I will give Morocco has had a great defense. They've been playing really well in the midfield, matching up with players. Um, I'm going to say Portugal wins, but I think it's going to be a 2-0 affair in that Morocco is going to be playing their fucking hearts out. But at the end of the day, it's going to be really, really tough for them to stop this port, especially after coming off the high of beating Spain like that. Um, mm-hmm. But Portugal's too good, man. They're really, yeah. really good. And... Um, I had some like it's just so crazy that they barely qualified for the World Cup, you know? Like this team is that fucking good and this much talent, especially with like players off the fucking bench coming off scoring a hat trick. You know? Like you can bench Ronaldo and be fine. Like, I don't know. I I'm very impressed, but like you said, uh they, they can't s- stand up to Portugal. Yeah, and I, I obviously agree. I'm I'm saying Portugal is going to run it. It's going to be a similar scoreline against the Swiss. Um, and I, I thought that the Swiss would be able to hold up against them because they do have a pretty stout defense, but that obviously was not the case. I'm saying same thing happens here. Portugal fucking runs them. Uh, I'm saying they win by three goals or more. And okay. on to the big fucking match. Ah, I'm scared. Oh, this is a big boy match. Uh, England versus France. Three hundred years war. It's finally coming to an end. Three, two, one. England. I gotta say England. I gotta gotta say say France, dude. I want England. In my heart, I want England. But my brain is screaming France because, like, Mbappe, you heard of him? Uh, I'm I'm ignoring my brain muscle to use my heart muscle on this. And, uh... Yeah, uh, I, I got to pick uh, England. I think this is going to be the hardest. Uh, I, I, this obviously is the toughest matchup of the quarterfinals. Um, I think this is the toughest matchup for England um, in quite a long time. Obviously, um, they lost to Croatia in the last World Cup. I think France is a much better team than that. And they lost to Italy in a penalty shootout in the last Euros. I think this France team is better than that. Um, huge. Huge uh, game for him. I'm saying England, just because my heart won't let me say France, but I, I uh, Kevin, this is going to be a toughie. Yeah, I think both teams match up very well. It's just going to depend on the Mbappe plan. And apparently, Southgate has planned for Mbappe the past two years. Um, it's the anti-Mbappe, the <laughs> the anti-matter plan for Mbappe. And but as has Mbappe met England. Maguire, hmm. Who and plays I like think the Maldini, more, yeah. And I think the even more important uh, part of this plan it's is shutting down the service to Griezmann and Drew um, because uh, Drew, as we know, is has always excelled at his holdup play, and I think he is um, one of the main culprits of unleashing Mbappe. So you shut down the passage of play to those forwards. You shut down the the um, play in the midfield. You don't let the ball go to the most dangerous uh, player on the pitch, Mbappe. Granted, it's super easy to say it, not as easy to do it. Um, and I think this is going to be a tough game no matter how you look at it. Um, France can hurt you in so many different directions. But I, like you said earlier in this podcast, like I've alluded to, I think this is the best England squad 
um, in, in recent memory. I think I, I just said it, Gareth Southgate's the most successful manager. Um, I think that with the introduction of Phil Foden, like you said, and the emergence of Jude Bellingham, they have a side and, and Bakoyo Saka, they have that right side that can really hurt France in attack. Rashford, dude. Rashford is mm-hmm. unbelievable this tournament. Mm-hmm. And so England has the weapons it needs to to hurt France. It's just about the question for me, can they can they contain Mbappe and and Drew? And that's that's a huge fucking question. Kyle Walker, is he up to the fucking task? Or do we need uh to get Reese James into some Terminator type hamstring? Uh, apparatus and fly him to Qatar on Saturday to have a chance against Mbappe. It's not even that. Like you also have to deal with Griezmann, Dembele. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with Kamavinga. Like there are so many options on this squad. Kingsley Coleman, man. Like yeah. this team has so much. Di- a lot of guys who can just create for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. and like, will England be able to contain all of that? Where we do have guys who can like create on their own, but not like, but not like France. No. And so for me, it's, it's a, it's a big question. It's a big ask, obviously. And we'll have the answer on, on Saturday. But for me, I cannot in good faith say France as much as my brain may or may not want to. So I'm picking England. It's coming home, lads. Uh, if you have not fucking heard it, Kevin, I'm sending it to you again. I need to hear your reaction. Uh, go listen to Pete and Baz. Uh, the song name is Move It. And it's oh, it, you sent me that, yeah, yeah. And they actually that's good list, shit. Yeah, it's it's fucking great shit. Uh, they list all the starting eleven um in their song. It gets me hyped for England against France. So uh, let's go, boys. It's coming. I'll be listening into three lines at the gym tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> yes. Balls coming home. It's mm. coming home. It's coming. Football's coming God. home. It's such a nostalgic song that is. Three lines on the chat. Okay. Well, those are our predictions. Uh, please stay tuned for our Discord pod. Uh, I'm probably post this one now and then post that for tomorrow. So double knockout round. You'll get more people's uh, opinions and thoughts about how the World Cup is going. Probably more shit talking about Fox. And uh, But, you know, I'm glad we were able to make some time before the quarters. And then we'll probably do a quarters recap on Sunday. Um, yeah, so- boy. Just uh, uh, get through these next couple days, or I guess today, this evening, this evening with no football. Um, obviously, we have like a two-day break before the final between the semifinals, but uh, we're getting closer and closer to the end of this. And much more excitingly, we're getting closer and closer to the Prem coming back on Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. Who's still top of the table? Arsenal. Arsenal. Arsenal for now, for 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 very forever. right now, forever. forever. Come on, come on, Kevin. Uh, You're my only hope, Luke Skywalker. If the world ends tomorrow, we win. You so. win. You win. Cancel it now, everybody. Cancel it. Yes. So, all right, guys, we love you. Uh, please enjoy the World Cup. We're doing our best to enjoy it. I'm having some fun. I think we're having more fun than we thought we were going to have. I think that's a polite way of putting it. Yeah, I'm having so. a blast podcasting and bitching about it with Kev. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? We're going with the silver. I know you had the, the itch. You were like, t- you're like, dude, no, I really want a podcast. Yeah. you had like a fucking itch to like talk about it. So this is. Uh, I got you. I got some shit to say, man. I, yeah. I got. I got to get it off my chest. I got I to gotta get on the fucking mic, dog. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, we love you, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new beginning. A reason for living, a deeper meaning. I wanna stand with you on a mountain. Surrounded by the comfort and protection of the 